On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we will break down Anthony Joshua's performance over Jermaine Franklin. What's left of AJ? Will he take on Fury? Will he fight in the summer against maybe Dillian White? The good, the bad, the ugly from Anthony Joshua, as well as the featherweight division. So Robesi Ramirez pick up a world title. What's next for him and the featherweight division as a whole? Let's go. Welcome into another episode of Inside Boxing Live, a nice round number, episode 220. I am Dan Canobio. He is the former world champion, Chris Algieri, fresh off of his call of Anthony Joshua over Jermaine Franklin in a nice cozy studio uh, with Todd Grisham. How was the experience, Chris? You're back home, but how was it? First off, 220. My lucky number is two. Point on March 2nd, so... Two, two, go. two. I like, I like twos. Um, but yeah, no, always, always a pleasure to work with Todd. He's a, he's phenomenal to work with. Um, the, the, the issue with Todd is what happens after the work is done and you get, what'd you guys around. get into? That's what I really want to know. Forget Joshua. Ooh. What did you and Grisha get into in, <laughs> in Miami? We are legendarily, uh, the dynamic duo Todd yes. and I, um, <clears throat> we ran down to Miami and mm. went to the karate combat. That looks so. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of famous faces there, and uh, yeah, we had a, we, I, I ran into a bunch. So listen, people who don't are, are are listening to our show and don't know, I was a former world champion kickboxer, mm-hmm. fought on the pro circuit for, and I wasn't for everyone that's out there too. If they were, if you're wondering who was the yeah. who was the kickboxer, Chris is the fighter, champion. I am just the talking head, right? In case you're wondering, so yeah, the, I ran into a lot of old friends, which was which was very cool, and uh, met a lot of new friends too. Just martial arts guys that i've been nice. at i've been out of that scene for a long time so i got to meet a lot of the a lot of the fighters so that was that was very cool so your picture with hector lombard legend yeah. of the mma i didn't realize he had a million followers on instagram he's like I, an og right i still don't know that i just thank you for <laughs> letting me know that super nice guy super nice guy yeah. um first time i had met him other than being in a gym so, you know, we just had quick highs and buys, you know, whatever, hellos and gyms and whatnot. So, like, we actually got to hang and talk for a bit. And my boy Jarrell Miller was in there, who I've known since I was literally a teenager. So, so when I get, when I get flack online about Jarrell Miller, I'm like, he is literally somebody I know for 20 years. But He uh, put out a video after the Joshua fight, kind of like talking trash, like, I want you next. Um, did you guys talk about that at all? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean... <laughs> from from the performance last night, which we're going to get into, I mean, Jarrell's Jer- got a real shot to win that fight. A lot of people want Joshua. I think he is has a massive target on his back uh, because he represents a huge, massive payday, and he's very beatable. Um, but yes, we will get into that. Before we get into that, Chris, we have uh, a new partner here on the show. I think this is right up your alley. Uh, you are the fighter from the Fighters Kitchen. You fancy yourself as a chef. Hello Fresh is now working. With us at Inside Boxing Live, HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering pre-proportioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your door. Skip the checkout lines because HelloFresh has dinner covered for you tonight. Uh, HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenient items to choose from each week. You can spend less time in the kitchen uh, with quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos. 
Sounds amazing. Falafel Power Bowls ready in 15 minutes or less. I like that part because uh, some of these uh, meal kits out there, they take way too long. I don't have enough time for all that. The whole point is to, for it to be quick. 15 minutes or less uh, with some of their Power Bowls and all these other items that HelloFresh uh, is uh, bringing out. No worries if you're uh, not a pro in the kitchen. So you're the pro in the ring. You're the pro in the kitchen. I am neither of which. Uh, HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-proportioned and easy to prepare in just a few uh, steps. They sent us some some stuff. I made uh, some pork loin last week. Very easy. I made some curry chicken soup. It was delicious. What did you make? I got some chicken stuff that I, I'm I'm kind of upset that you got pork loin. So I had my first my first delivery from HelloFresh last week. It was awesome. Everything is prepackaged. It's literally idiot proof for you guys who are not into cooking. Like I'm a big, I'm a big, I like to cook. You called me a chef. I would never call myself a chef. I do like to cook. I'm pretty, pretty good close, in the kitchen. Man. I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty close good. Those Instagram pics. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I'm eating like an idiot. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's a lot of angling and lighting, but there you you know, go. that's, that's neither here Smoking nor there. Yours. But, uh, yeah, no, HelloFresh makes it super easy. So it's, it's like I said, it's idiot proof. Everything comes pre-packaged, pre-measured ready to go super fast too it's so convenient and also i mean grocery shopping sucks so you yes. get all the ingredients involved in the box everything comes fresh it's 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 cool it's comes ready to work i mean I, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit much more than i expected yeah it's really good food uh good ingredients and the best part about it is like if you work a nine to five and you get home like for me the hardest part is i like i'm constantly at the grocery store i feel like after work i'm stopping at the grocery store which just adds an extra half hour 45 minutes to me getting home, like having like meals like in my fridge that are like w really good and like ready to go. So when I get home, I can just cook it up and then like watch the Yankee game or whatever. Um, that's huge. Uh, so go to HelloFresh.com slash Boxing50 and use code Boxing50 for 50% off. That is a really good deal uh, with Boxing50 plus your first box ships free. That's HelloFresh.com uh, slash Boxing50 and start using America's number one meal kit today. Okay, let's get Killing into deal. the fights. Let's get into what we saw this weekend. You were on the call, like we said, with Todd Grisham. Anthony Joshua, unanimous decision win. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start off by playing a little game. The good and the bad. Let's say something good, because we're going to get to the bad. I thought his jab looked extra snappy, and it looked the best it's ever looked. You go. It did for the first eight rounds. Okay. It was very fast, very sharp, very snappy for Thursday rounds. He started pawing it a little bit in those mid rounds. He brought it back in the, in the, in the last couple of rounds. Uh, super sharp. I, I like him at 255. So the good. I like him at 255. He looked good. He looked fit. Also, his conditioning looked great. Yes. Even late into the fight, he still he didn't look tired in the corner, which we've seen in the past. Um, so in terms of that, I liked it. In terms of certain things that um, – Listen, I'm, I'm going to speak praises about Derek James regardless of the performance, but I think that some of those things that they were probably working on was shown. Um, I think he could have done more. He showed his punch variation was good. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I'd want him to throw more comedy. Oh, we're talking about the good. Punch variation was good. I saw a jab. I saw a right hand. I saw the overhand right. I saw the left hook. I, threw, I saw uppercuts. So I saw every punch in the arsenal, which we haven't seen a lot of in recent years. And I think he's got one of the best right uppercuts, that rear uphand uppercut, which is what knocked out Klitschko um, in the game. And I haven't seen that in recent years. He brought a lot of that back. Uh, also the good. Jermaine Franklin can fight. He's good. Dude. I mean, I, I was saying that. I, I knew going into it, I knew he's a good fighter. We've been following for, like, we're New York guys. We've been following him on the New York circuit for a while. Mm -hmm. um, he's had less than amazing performance, sterling performances against some guys that he probably should have beaten by way easier than he did. But he comes in shape. 
He looked good. He had that New York style of moving his head, slipping. His jab was phenomenal. He had he had Joshua's nose bleeding in round one. Round one. Um, he, he had, he had a bloody mess like, in Damn. round two. Yeah, cracked. It was a jab. It was a, it was a left jab. He had a very sharp jab. Um, I think he showed that he belongs on the world stage. So I'll, I'll give him that. And listen, that's 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 props to Joshua as well. I think it was easy at the end of the fight to be like, well, Joshua should with this, eh, but jo- uh, Jermaine Franklin fought really, really well and is a good fighter and is probably going to beat a lot of these top guys or at least give them good fights. I thought um, Franklin was just a little outgunned. You know, obviously yeah. the giving up so much in, in talent and reach and weight, size, and, uh, speed, size, speed, everything, everything. And also, like, he came in really good shape, but he gassed out. Uh, towards the end, did a lot of holding. Um, jab was good early. That's pretty much all he has, though. Uh, he did crack Joshua with a few good shots. Another good for Joshua was that um, Franklin's not known for his punching power, but he no. did land a few f- flush combinations uh, that the, the tricky shots. Calls. Tricky shots. What's that? I'm saying tricky shots. Shots yeah. that Joshua wasn't really seeing, and those are the ones that really hurt you. So he, he landed some good shots, and I was flipping back and forth between your guys' call and I had the the, the direct stream from from the zone of mm-hmm. the guys they had there. They were just simply not acknowledging anything Franklin was doing. Uh, it's hilarious. They just they just they're very homers. Uh, homerism. It happens in all all promotions and all networks, but it's extra like blatant. Uh, I feel that like certainly wasn't the, the case. That was certainly wasn't the case with Todd and I. No, I because I I like that. So I kept going back to your guys' call, even though it was like 15 seconds behind, to get like, all right, now I want to know what's really going on uh, in the fight. Uh, but to to um, echo some of your things on the good, like we talked about the jab, uh, it kept him in the fight and pretty much won him the fight because uh, yes. the combinations were were few and far between. And the 255, I was like, oh, why is he coming at 255? I thought he he used his frame, like kind of like Fury does uh, when he fights, like. He he was sitting down on Franklin, tiring him out. Uh, that was a different wrinkle. We haven't really seen too much uh, from from Joshua using that big frame and and sitting down. Uh, and then you said late too. He he had some of his best rounds in round nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, which you know coincidentally enough was when he had his really good rounds um, against Usyk in the rematch. Came in in those later rounds. Uh, so I I thought those parts looked good, and it was very easy to to find the bad because everyone criticizes this guy, and he's obviously a shell of what he once was. Uh, but there were some good, like you bring up Derek James as well. Like it's only one fight. Like they got to spend some more time together. And he said in the post fight presser, I'm going to go right back to Texas. I can't wait to get back there. And like, we'll see some things. And I thought, I thought James did uh, implemented some good stuff in there. All right. So let's get to the bad, uh, which everyone likes to, to talk about and, and find out. Um, I'll start with, um, we talk about how the jab is good. Uh, the jab is also a detriment for him because he threw it 60% of the time. Like, does not throw combinations anymore. Yeah, no, that was that was one of the major points that you and I were making leading up to this fight is that he has transitioned from a, I mean, KO artist to a jabber. And he used to throw more power punches percentage-wise than jabs, and now it has completely flopped. And now he throws way more jabs than he does power yep. punches. But you're the numbers guy, I can But no, also, it's, it's obvious. Same. It's, he threw 64, 64% yep. of his thrown punches in this fight were jabs. And that's what it has been since the Klitschko fight. Yeah, and, and, and the Klitschko fight has been the checkpoint of Anthony Joshua's career. Mm-hmm. I was, I've been a huge fan of Anthony for a long time, and I've, I've screamed his praises from the rooftops on this show and on, on, on articles and interviews and whatnot. Um, you know, and because of the guy that he was before he fought Klitschko, the Klitschko fight was, was awesome. I mean, it was one of the most incredible performances I've, I've seen. Um, 
And then ever since then, it has been ho-hum. And, you know, this this performance where, you know, granted he was working through a lot of things. And I think you saw that. I think you saw him working through a lot of the demons he had inside, especially early on. And I mentioned on the telecast, he looked very unsure. Yeah. Completely opposite of Jermaine Franklin, who knew exactly what the hell he was doing. He just couldn't execute. He couldn't. I mean, he, he just had too much in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Joshua was the opposite. He had somebody who was literally fighting uphill almost literally the entire night, the entire night. And he's just looked awkward. And then he got it in the mid to mid to later rounds. I liked what I saw from Joshua later. He got more loose. He finally found that uppercut. He started throwing the lead uppercut, you know, so there were, there were things that came about once he got comfortable, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions. And, and like you said, I think a lot of, a lot of Hawks are sitting on the rooftop looking down, like, yeah. where do I get in? Because I was talking to Jarrell Miller last night. I was hanging out with him. He's, like I said, a friend of mine. We are hanging out at Karate Combat, and he, he wants that fight, of course. I don't know if he's going to get it. But, you know, he's saying he's, he saw a lot of the things that we all saw. Mm-hmm. Before we get to – we'll get to all that, too, like what we think is, is next. But um, just the combination punch. Like, what happened? Like, he, he barely threw any combinations. Like, I, I was working CompuBot, so I was counting Franklin. And uh, there's two glaring things. Like, he throws one punch at a time. Um, a lot of thinking – like you could almost like it came through the screen so much. Like it just didn't seem fluid in there. It seemed like he was really in his head, not in between styles because this, like we just talked about, like his style has pretty much been the same for the last 12 fights. Just a lot of like thinking. And I talked to enough athletes and I played enough sports that when you are thinking out there, you, you're not performing yeah, at your highest yeah. level. You're, you're, yeah. you're just, you're thinking like, you're not, you're not, it's not innate. You know, it's not like a like you watch a guy, some of these other heavyweights put together combinations, or like a Fury put together combinations, or a Joe Joyce uh, put together combinations. It's just it, I just didn't see that from him, and we'll never know about the psyche, which is the last thing um, in terms of performance. It's like does I, it's hard for me to say he doesn't want to be out there because I still think he he loves it and he's gonna get right back into training. But something is something's off, like something's off mentally. Did you you pick up on that? Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I said on, on the telecast, so, you know, for the people at home who are seeing some smoke, so I'm starting a new segment. It's called Sunday Cigars, but. Here you go. Get that. Get it. But uh, so, yeah, I think I think you can see him working through a lot of things on, you know, throughout the fight, especially early on. And thinking is good, but you think in camp and you, you it becomes muscle memory on fight night. And you don't think until you need to in a fight. And I don't think Joshua needed to in this fight. He should have gone out there. Well, I, th- I think he should have went out there, had his est- establishment's dominance or at least uh, used his height, his reach, his, his, his uh, speed, his power, all the advantages that he has and really should have put Franklin in his place early on, which is what I expected. I said he was going to knock him out early. I, that's what I thought. Man, I thought he was going to get him. I, I thought he was going to get him. And, uh, you know, eight and a half was the under. And a lot of people are thinking that. And Todd and I lost some money last night. I lost both my bets. Neither here nor there. But I picked um, uh, Robesi Ramirez by knockout. I saw that. Yeah. So and, I, I mean, I did too. Yeah, I lost those bets. But yeah, you're right. So thinking, too much thinking Think, in there. Thinking is good, but thinking is necessary when things are not going going the way you planned. And I, I don't really think Franklin did anything out of the ordinary or put him in a position where it's like, okay, I got to figure it out because that's what a world champion does. A world champion figures it out on the fly, finds a way to win. But Joshua was winning. He was winning the whole time. And the those dominant guys figure out a way to get the guy out of there, yep. figure out a way to dominate, figure out a way not to get hit. And I didn't see any of that from Joshua. He he got hit more than he needed to. 
from a much smaller guy. Granted, he his quick hands, he moved his head really good. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna push against you though on the combination punching from from Joshua. I think a lot of that was because of Franklin. He moves his head. Mm-hmm. He he's got that jerky. You know, he, he's got he's actually. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's got some hand speed. And that's There's something reason that he's never been knocked out before. Well, that's because his his chin, the guy. I mean, the, the right hand is was, the way he holds dude, the way he, he kind of dives in there. He has a lot of survival tactics. He never looked that hurt, though. I was never. very surprised. I mean, there were shots where his it looked like the back of his head touched really? his spine, you know, and, and Joshua can punch. And that was another glaring thing that I saw from Josh. We talked about the good, talked about the bad. I, I don't see that one punch power. You know, granted, you got a guy in front of you that's a good, a good chin, but I mean, Klitschko hits you with those shots. You guys are going to sleep. Yeah. He always did. Um, and it wasn't that he couldn't find the spots. And that thing about Joshua, like he's such a beautiful boxer. He uses that jab; it's so sharp. Mm-hmm. He 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 timed those right hands really well on a guy who's got a sneaky head movement. Bang and hits him and cracks him. But if it's Klitschko, who was not as smooth or as athletic as as um as Joshua is, either Klitschko, could have been Vitaly, it could have been Vladimir. Either one of those guys lands those right hands, Franklin's on canvas on his back, staring at the, at the lights. Yeah. And Joshua's not that guy. Also, too, like, if you're not a one-punch power guy anymore and you're not, a, like, a combination puncher or, you know, throwing 35 punches around now, Joshua, like, what exactly are you? And what he is is a, he's a boxer. He's going to jab and he's going to avoid any any real exchanges. And that's I fine, said this, but he still gets hit. He still he did get hit a bunch by a guy that with not a lot of power. And if it was you know, it was Wilder, that was Fury, it was Joyce who hits pretty hard. Like that might be another story. Um, but I said right after the fight, it's like, all right, he'll win fights, like he'll beat the Jermaine Franklins of the world, but it's 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 not gonna be like exciting. And he's at the point of his career where he's so popular and he's so known, and like these like ho hum victories like he had yesterday are not gonna do it anymore. Like he said it right after the fight. In 15 years, no one's gonna remember this fight. Like and I got I, I tweeted that and so many people were like, 15 years, 15 minutes. I people are gonna f- forget about it. I, I it's almost like after the, the fight was over, it's like he knows that he doesn't have that extra something anymore, but he's still going out there and doing it because he still has something to prove to himself. He's still like relatively young, only 33 years old, which is pretty young for a heavyweight. It's almost like it's a weird juxtaposition probably going on in his head where I like I know I don't have like that that X factor anymore or that driving force, but I'm still going to go out there and and fight money. Yes, a lot of it. So we, for the people only listening at home, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the money, the money hand signal, the international uh, sign language for money, because they were talking about what do you want next? He went right to Tyson Fury. Right. That was funny. The, the, the broadcaster was like, I think it was like I aid. He was like. Really? Who do I not next? And he's like, and the, and the guy was like, Fury, right? He didn't even like take the listen to what the crowd said. Like they had that pre-planned. Like Fury, mm-hmm. Fury is it, they're making it no secret. Like that's a fight, and, and we talked about this in the lead up. We said if Anthony Joshua doesn't get a knockdown, let alone a knockout, like are we still going to be wanting to see him in the biggest fights? Yes, we're still going to want to see him in the biggest fights because he's still a name, and there's only X amount of it's only top four in the heavyweight division, and they still haven't fought each other yet. Like AJ said yesterday, I'm not, we're not getting any younger. So now we'll go to what's next. Like, I'm not even going to ask you if he can beat Fury because I don't think there's any chance that he can beat him outside of what he said, what happened to him from Marie's a punch from the gods. Like, what should he do next, uh, Anthony Joshua? I mean, what should Anthony it, Joshua do next? So I, I'm being a little more optimistic than you in terms of 
does Joshua have another uh, another gear? Does he have another life in his career? Because I'm I'm, hard, I'm looking back at Klitschko's career because I've been thinking about this a lot the past how many however many hours we are past the fight. You know, fifteen not even twenty four yet. Yeah, not even twenty four. We're we're seventeen eighteen hours as we're the fight. recording this at four forty two. Yeah, by the time you got there. by the time you guys see this, yeah. so I've been thinking a lot about this fight in his career and i'm looking back through you know the klitschko fight and that's why we brought up the klitschko fight because i've looked at his career since then klitschko had a really rough patch if people yeah. were not like real boxing guys that remember Get i mean he lost down. to layman brewster yeah. got knocked out by layman brewster Corey sanders um, knocked him down. Corey sanders knocked him out in two rounds yep. and there was there was a point where we were really worried because his gas tank was just not there and it didn't make sense he just got super gassed and super tired his chin was no good um, and then he had the Samuel Peter fight the first time. Yeah. And he, he got rocked dark. all it over the place. A boxing at the dark. Right. Rocked all over the place. Was was uh, holding to, to get to the end. Gets the decision. Mm-hmm. Fights him again a couple years later. And knocks his, knocks his block off. And that's what I mean. There, there could potentially be a resurgence if they can just figure out that style. And I think uh, some of the things he was doing last night, which are, is not pretty, the holding... Missing the jab, grab behind the head, pull him down, uppercut him, bang! You know, which you start to figure out later on, which is something that's not pretty, it's not boxing, it's not... It's not Klitschko made that his career. Right. One, two, boom, boom, grab you, hold, drop your weight on you, boom, push you off. Joshua's a big heavyweight. He's 255. Athletic, he's fast, he's got that good jab. Bing, bing. Leans on you, drops, pulls, whatever, but you gotta finish, guys. You can't yeah. do that and win decisions. Like you said, he turned into a boxer. He does that and he starts starching guys late. We'll, we'll 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 let him pass if he gets more comfortable doing that. I think comfortability is the biggest thing, and that's what Klitschko had to overcome as well. He was very uncomfortable with heavyweights in front of him late in fights or even mid rounds in fights when they got too heated. He controlled the pace really well. He figured that out, and then he became one of the most dominant guys we've ever seen for another decade after he had that rough patch. If Joshua can do that, if he can pull from that page, that playbook, and become the guy that we all expected him to be and that everyone around him expected him to be, then, you know, there, there's still a chance, but we're still otherwise, saying if, though. we're still yeah. saying if, and like, who is this resurgence coming, coming against is, is he's not going to have a resurgence against uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, I don't not gonna have a resurgence against Deontay Wilder. Um, I think no. at this point in the game, Joe Joyce gives him all the trouble in the world. I, I would probably favor Joe Joyce right now um, over Anthony Joshua. I don't know where you stand on that. But that was an interesting question out there. But it's, what I mean is, like, he's calling for the biggest fights, and he's 33. Um, he can beat the Jermaine Franklins of the world for the next five years if he really wants to. But, like, I feel like time is running out. Like, he's not going to beat Fury with this style. Uh, time is not necessarily running out. I think he has that in his mind. And I I, I, th- I would have much preferred him say, hey, I need another I need another fight with Derek James. I need to work through my style a little more. I need to get my footing again. And then we're going to look for the big fights for That's him going. going to happen. He's not going to. When he Fury said, next. I'm going, I want Fury next. I was like, bad. But call. They always do that. They just say that. And then no, they, that... they don't always do that. And that and fizzles that, that's... fizzle. Yeah. I mean, charged I, up right after a fight. What is he going to come out and say? He's not going to come out and say, I, I want another tune up. He should say what he said going into the fight was that I, I need to knock this guy out or I'm not satisfied. He should go. Well, I, I didn't knock him out. Yeah. I, I felt like I worked through some things. I felt like I did some things good, which he said. He looked unsatisfied. So he goes, hey, listen, I get myself a B-minus performance, C-plus, just like what I said on, on, on air. And they go, I need to go back to Jordan Port. I need another camp with Derek James. I'm going right back to Texas, which he's already said. 
he posted today he was in a sauna he goes yeah, so 12, 12 light rounds last night right back to texas you'll see me this summer cool i like that it's not going to be fury but, i don't think no definitely not but 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 you know Alien you don't you know, probably does he beat Julian White? That's I think that's like like turns into an interesting fight now. It um, does. Hated it, does. it coming in. We both hated it. It's like why are we building towards a Julian White fight? But now we see why. Is because Joshua once again is going through a metamorphosis uh, with a new trainer and trying to find that dog, which is clearly not there anymore. So I mean, probably Julian White next. Uh, maybe I, listen. I like Dillian White. I like him as a fighter. I like him as a person. Um, I don't want to take any money on anybody's bank account. I, I don't really care to see that fight. Right. I don't but want to see can... it either. Like I would love to see a Fury. I'd love to see a Wilder. Um, versus Joshua. A Joyce versus Joshua. Uh, you know, Ruiz new blood. New three. blood. <laughs> like I don't want to see that either. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I talked myself either. out of that. But it's it's basically that's what I mean. It's like really only top five guys. Like. It's it's Fury, it's jo- it's Fury, it's Wilder, it's Joyce in that order for me. Who I would like to see him fight next? Can he beat any of those guys? Not next. But then again, like the dude's thirty three. Like, what are we like? What are we waiting for here? Another another. I know another new trainer and all this, but that's why I mean where it's running out of time. It's running out of time because of the the name of who he is and the figure of who he is, Anthony oh. Joshua. We said that they're probably going to run through some of the British heavyweights, which Dillian White's one of the better ones. Joe Joyce is there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Dillian White in the summer. We saw Joe Joyce in the fall, early winter. And then we start talking about Fury in May of 2024. Fury will I think be retired I, and I'm retired six times. By six then. times by then. And and we'll have pulled out of multiple fights with Usyk and... Well, I don't but, know what Fury's going to do next. They're t- like he's like uh, Usyk he doesn't know like what he's, he's fighting. Do next. Yeah, Usyk looks like he's fighting Dubois. Um, even though Wilder leapfrogged uh, someone in the WBA rankings without even winning a fight, which is hilarious. Um, WBA, love the WBA. Oh, How about God Roberto Mendoza putting out a tweet before the fight? May the best man win, but I hope I I want it to be Anthony Joshua. <laughs> the president of an organization, like just blatant. That's the way to do it, I guess. Just don't even. Don't even let it be known. And also, don't even pretend. Work- yeah, don't, don't even pretend. <laughs> like I actually respect that more than pretending. Um, what's also funny on this along the same ilk, um, Tony Ballou scoring basically every single round for Joshua, and then trying to fight Franklin's team right after the fight is hilarious to me. One of the, f- the funniest, just like blatant in your face. Like I love Joshua, I love Matchroom. The most like not unbiased uh, or showing bias, I should say. Um, guy out there, hilarious. He's a, yeah. You said on the, on the you said it. I heard you say this on the thing yesterday. It's impossible to score and call the fight at the same time. Yeah, no. I mean, you can't do it. You have to, literally if you're judging a fight. And, and people at home are not going to get this because I've been raked over the coals before about scoring a fight while calling a fight. It's impossible. No, I've, been, I've I've been one other person. It's been me and one other person calling a fight, and I have to score it and read your scores and count them up while talking to the right, audience and you have live. Producer in your ear, they're talking a million miles a minute. That's another thing that people don't understand. It's in, in, absolutely impossible to do. But I mean, it was funny because I, I, Tony, I love Tony, but he 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 gave the eleventh round to Franklin. So some some late round, and I was he like, gave a token mm. round to Franklin. 
Right. And I was going to give him nothing up until that point. I'm like, well, I would have given, I would have given Franklin some rounds earlier. I definitely yes. didn't give him that one. <laughs> Dude, his... I still didn't, I still didn't give Franklin all the rounds. No, I, mean, I would say Franklin uh... won three tops, but it was just tops. So I gave him two. Like, like, um, Baloo has like this reputation of being like a company man. Like he was in matchroom his whole life. Him and Eddie Hearn are super close and mm-hmm. he's very tight with Joshua. And obviously Joshua is a matchroom lifer, but just to see that scorecard on come up on the screen, basically a shutout. And then the fight's over and he's looking to get into it with Franklin's like, that's embarrassing in a way. Like, come on, man. Like, just, like be a professional. Like, don't do that. <laughs> it just that, shows that, like, that yeah, but whole shows UK, the whole UK, man, they're just a whole nother, like, they're just like such a, like it's a team. It's odd to watch from this side of the pond. Yeah, it's very it's very different. Um, it's a lot more dog eat dog over here. But um, I mean, speaking speaking of what you're talking about in terms of over there, but the, the co-main event in terms of that Bro. stoppage, it was that was one of the worst stoppages I've seen in quite some time. I mean, the Wardley Fabio Fabio Wardley and uh, Coffee. Coffee fight Michael Coffee who and Michael Coffee's a, a capable guy. Yeah, he wasn't throwing a lot of punches. It was the first time there was an exchange in the fight. And the ref stops it. And Coffee literally pushed the ref. That's not, I don't like to put hands on officials, but I get it. You know, he was it, it, he was like, what are you doing? I'm totally fine. Rolling with a lot of those shots because Coffee does have that little kind of shoulder roll. He had hand down, whatever. Guy with some big ones at the end, but I mean, he was completely fine. Never wobbled, Dude, never hurt in the fight. That was one of the worst stoppages I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Um, a guy like Michael Coffee, like he's a B-side. He's a guy that has yeah. to come out there and put together good performances so he can get another paycheck. Uh, he wasn't in there t- to specifically win the fight. Odds were against him. And someone if he could have, though, he would have. And Coffee's one of those guys. If he give him, if he had a chance he had to win, he can go for it. Didn't let him cook. He pulled the plug mm-hmm. on him before he can cook. Like, come on. I know Fabio Wardley's like the guy over at Matchroom they're trying to build up. I think he's highly overrated. I don't think he's that great. Um, but that was a bad stoppage because... They, yeah, he threw a, like a 15-punch combination. Barely any of them landed, number one. Number two, previous to that exchange, was Coffee even remotely buzzed? Was he even no. hit with anything Never flush? So he hit the shots, like, but took them all well. Right? Usually when you see a stoppage, it's because a guy has been taking punishment up until that point, and the ref is, is doing what the corner won't or putting him, you know, taking it out of the fighter's hands and trying to protect the fighter. That was a premature stoppage. It was so blatant what they were doing there. It's like, we need Waterloo to come out here with a W. Yeah, get a few yeah, Todd and I, is... I freaked out about it, and we're like, I'm like, we're kind of looking at each other. He's like, that was bad. I'm like, yeah, that was really bad. I'm like, I wonder if they think it was bad over there. <laughs> like, I wonder, I wonder what the rest of the world. And then, like, we saw kind of like everyone on Twitter was no, like, oh, was terrible, terrible stoppage. Yeah, universally panned as a horrible stop. I don't know what exactly they said on the deep, the, the Zone UK um, broadcast. Uh, we, but... we, we, I watched it later, and it was, uh, I mean, listen, they, it, it, they didn't really. They said it was a little early. They didn't. Was, they didn't push it. There's no way. They didn't, no, they that. didn't push. It was wildly early. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Like Coffee should be pissed off, man. He should get another matchup. Should give him another shot. Uh, that was the undercard. It wasn't much on the undercard of of this no, fight. Very weak uh, undercard. But to sum up, Anthony Joshua, we'll see what's next. Like the Fury thing is interesting because it's a huge fight. It's still a big fight over in the UK. Uh, does it have some of the uh, shine that it did a few years ago when they were both champions? No. Uh, but they are getting up there in age, and I do think they have to fight. All these guys have to fight before it's this generation close to ch- uh, the book on this generation of, of heavyweights. Um, it's but Dan, let me ask you: Is it, do, do the handlers of Joshua think okay? Let's build up that fight. Let's get him a couple more Jermaine Franklins of the world, and then get his confidence, and then he can go into that fight. Or do you go? I can't have him losing to a Jermaine I- Franklin. 
Yes. Do we go right to Fury go and cash right into out? It, man, they should have done that right the minute he lost to Ruiz. I think a lot of the shine was off this guy. And yeah, yeah you, you got to give him a chance. You got to give him a chance. You got to protect chance to come your back. investment. I understand that he's the biggest part of Matchroom still. Um, but like, all right, how many? Like, how we're gonna keep building them up and building them up? Like, eventually, that something's gonna happen where the fight's not gonna like where it can't happen, where it's out of our hands, it's out of their hands, and they're gonna say, "Wow, we really squandered." Uh, still anything what's left of, of this fight. And I think if you're Fury's camp, of course you're going to want uh, this fight. It, he'll make a, so much more for fighting Joshua than he will for fighting Usyk. Uh, and it's a more fighting, winnable fight. You're talking about, you're talking about Fury? What yeah. You okay. Yeah. Fury's going to make up so much more money fighting Joshua than he is fighting I, Usyk. Honestly, I, I think I'd rather... I mean, in terms of in terms of value, in terms of uh, watching value as a, as a fan, I'd rather see Fury and Joshua. Than Usyk really? and, and and Fury, yeah, I think in terms of history, legacy, Fury Usyk is important. But yeah, in terms of watchability, ticket sales, event, event, Joshua Put Fury is massive, when massive. The Saudis ninety thousand people involved. Right, yeah. obviously that fight belongs at 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 uh, Wembley because they are the two biggest names of this generation, especially in the UK uh, heavyweight division. Uh, I still want to see Joshua versus Wilder. I thought that was some, had some traction over in the UK. I mean, over excuse me, over in Saudi. I thought that's why Wilder was there during the Paul fight. Was to talk about that. Um, I don't know this heavyweight division. It will drive you nuts. Um, you know, five years ago, I was very excited about it because there were all these new faces. Wilder, we're out of the Klitschko era. We got Wilder. We got Fury back. Uh, Joshua bursts on the scene. Usyk jumps up to heavyweight, but you know. We've only got a you know X amount of matchups between them, and we're running out of time, running out of daylight here. In the totality of the boxing history, you could use the words synonymously: boxing and heavyweight division. Yeah. When you said the bo- heavyweight division drives you nuts, boxing drives you nuts. <laughs> you know, yeah, and like, more that's, so that's kinda... the heavyweight division, like because we've talked about this numerous. Well, times. we it's we like... we had a dead decade with the heavyweight division, where yeah. like we didn't have that wasn't that wasn't the premier, which was great because it, it allowed the rest of the world to understand how good the lighter divisions were. Floyd but, Mayweather I mean, the, just shined. Yeah, for the majority of, of boxing history, the heavyweight division was everything. You know, the Jack Dempsey errors, the Jack Johnson yeah. errors. You know, like the, the Ali error. You know, so you're always like, oh, it's heavyweights, heavyweights, heavyweights. That's what you mm-hmm. talk about when you talk about boxing. We've had a resurgence of that recently. We've got these kings, you know, these, these, the Wilder, the Fury, the Joshua. I mean, the Usyk now comes out of nowhere, but like you, you have these guys and we've missed that for a long period of time. And, and when the heavyweight division is healthy, boxing is healthy. And that's why I say you can use those words synonymous, synonymously in terms of boxing and, and the heavyweight division. Yeah, but look at the matchups. We've only had <sighs> no, Usyk. No, they're not and, happening. Only Usyk has fought Joshua and only Wilder's fought Fury. But that's All boxing. That's my point. Yeah, that's my point. Look at look at the welterweight division. We got we got Spence and Crawford, who are two both undeniably top five pound for pound guys in the same weight class, and they're both undefeated. They're talking How does that again. Happen? They're talking again. I'm sure they are. You know the every day <laughs> that goes by that uh, Spence Thurman is not announced uh, is one day we, we are closer to a Crawford Spence fight. That might have been a smart move on the Spence team to be like, oh, we're going to go fight Thurman at 54. Like, that really shook up everything. You'd think it would shook up a guy like Crawford, but I ain't trying to get into all that right now about what he thinks about it. That's, that's a whole nother show. Right. Yeah. So maybe in the back end of 2023, we see 
Joshua Fury. We see Spence Crawford. Uh, but in the meantime, we have good fights. Over on ESPN, Robesi Ramirez picked up World a champion now. workmanlike uh, win over Isaac Dogbe. I picked Robesi by knockout. He did not deliver me uh, a parlay win. Neither did Joshua. I picked Joshua by knockout. But it's not always about that, Chris. It's about what happens in the ring. Uh, outpoints Dog Bay. I'll ask you this. Who's the best featherweight in the world right now? So Pretty wide open division. Four different champions, zero consolidation of the belts. You got, we got, we got, we got, you got Mauricio Re- Lara, Oof, world champ. Stud. You got Lee Wood. Uh, they just announced that they're fighting again, May 27th. I was surprised. I thought Mick Conlon was going to get the Lara fight, but Conlon's fighting Luis Alberto Lopez, who was the IBF champion on the same Eesh. day, tough May fight. 27th. Very tough fight. You got uh, Emmanuel, uh, not Navarrete. You got uh, the guy that Navarrete fought. is at 30 now. You got the guy yeah. that just fought um, with Shaki Foster at 130. He's going back down. Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas, yeah. You, it's a fun division. You got a guy like Josh Warrington, who I don't think he's at the top. But out of those guys right there, you know, Robesi Ramirez, Mauricio Lara, Luis Alberto Lopez, Mick Conlon. I think Lara's the guy right now. Yes. I think Robesi is the future. Yeah. But... I, I'm, I'm still, dude, I know, I know you didn't love his performance, but Dog Bay is, he's a, dude, he's a tough out. He, even when he's in there, he was getting hit with big shots. He comes right back and he hit Robesi yeah. with some good shots, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Robesi take those shots. Come right back the way he did. Let his hands go. Com- you know, I, you, we always know I love combination punchers. And yeah. he was letting his hands go in, at periods, especially when he got clipped. Um, I do believe Robesi. Dude, what does he have? How many fights does he have now? What is his record? Uh, I have it right here. He is 13 and one. Yeah, he's got less than 15 fights. And he's he's <clears throat> a world champion now, which is uh, incredible. I forgot about Brandon Figueroa. He's He's good. He's very good. Brandon, yes, Brandon's very he, he good. He belongs in the top five. Um, uh-huh. I would say Lara right now, if you're going off what mm-hmm. he's done for me lately. He's the guy. Uh, he's got vicious power. Just beat Lee Wood, who was probably in the top three. Um, we, we we talked at length about Lara in terms of his what he's done recently. And like he hasn't lost since, you know, uh, what was it, 2018 or 20, yeah. whatever. He hasn't lost since then. And and since then, he's been on absolute tear. Yeah, you and he's got to go Lara 1. Lara 1. Lara's, put, Lara's right now. Robesi 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Luis Alberto Lopez three, yes. Uh, Ray Vargas four, like Ray Vargas and Lee Wood, like tied for fourth. It's and hard then, to see. We got to see Ray Vargas rebound. We got to see what happens. Weight. Yeah, back at the way. He's very big. We we'll put him there big. out of like you know career achievement. Like we put know. him there out of, out of respect. Yeah, out of respect for what he's he was done. Undefeated. Um, and then undefeated Brandon at that Figueroa, weight class. Brandon Figueroa has to round it out of five. Then you have guys like. Max Sayo, Warrington. Oh, Mick Conlon, I think, is looking right in on it. Um, you know, I think those guys are all plus five. Those are all past yeah. the, the top five. I, I think I would probably put Figueroa above Ray Vargas. Yeah. Because I haven't seen what he's done recently. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at Lauer number one, Robesi number two, um Figueroa number three. Three Figueroa, then Ray Vargas. Then Lee and then, and then five. I don't know. I don't think Lee's going to get past Lara. Well, it's fun now. We're going through this exercise right here. Like this, I hope, wish all divisions were kind of like this. Um, I always said that it's better to have some like uh, parody where guys get interchangeable rather than one dominant figure in the division. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's why you and I both hate pound for pounds because 
you know, it's like, it's like you, it's, it's all discussion. It's one of you done for me lately and it changes day to day. And even when, if it's, we have a, if we have a fight next Saturday and you ask me who I think is going to win today, it's probably going to change, you know, a couple of times before I get to, next Saturday. Speaking yeah. of next Saturday. but Speaking like, you know what Saturday. I mean though, is it better to have, and I think of a division, it's better to have one ruler who everyone's going after or have like the belts change hands and have like interchangeable parts in a division, but it doesn't have like a dominant guy. I think of like the 154 pound division before Charlo became the guy there, those belts were being switched around like crazy. Because there wasn't like one guy like J Rock had it for a little bit, Hurd had it for a little bit, Charlo had it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think I think you and I are going to disagree on this. I, so I you, you I like think there one guy at the top. I like good. a dominant champion, and everyone's working towards fighting him. Classic, old school. Because I think both I, are fun. I think I probably yeah. Well, yeah, well obviously, well, yeah. I the way you're talking that. about that's like UFC, right? UFC is like there's no there's either a super dominant champion who stays there for a bunch a long time, or they're flipping they're flipping belts every every. Well, I think that's because fight. the nature of the sport too. It's a little more correct. Like yes, smaller 100%. gloves. And we it, comparing that. the two sports is, and there's also so many ways to win. But um, yeah, I I I like dominant champions who who rule a division, and then everyone's working their way towards that guy because I like that. I want to beat the champion. Like a lot of guys won world titles on vacant titles. I beat, I beat the champion. I beat Ruslan Bavadikov. He was the world champion. He had, you know, he, he had won it dominantly against the guy who was the world champion. Yep. You know, I, I, I like that. I, I want, yeah, I want, I don't, I don't like matching up and, and these are the two, these are the two best. Let's figure out who the champion. Well, listen, we've, we've been fighting for boxing has been going around for a long time. Why, why, why is that belt not, not with someone? Yeah. So I, I like when guys are dominant and then you got to work your way up to it. And then you get the passing of the guard too. You get the, the young guy who works his way up, works up the rankings the hard way, gets his title shot, wins at the Eliminator, which Eliminators are basically world title fights. You're fighting guys who are literally world class. Mm-hmm. You beat that guy, and then boom, you 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 get the title fight, you get the shot, you're going up the mountain, you know, you're you're sieging the castle. And oh, I love that. And that's the, I love that. I love that's that. That's the beauty so, of sport. That's the beauty of competition. I think both are good. I think to have a little some divisions that have like the featherweight division where it's I mean they don't really have a dominant guy in there yet. Nope, like yeah. Lara can prove that over time. Only scary thing about the featherweight division: you got Lara who fights on Matchroom. <laughs> you got Vargas who I think is a PBC guy. You got Luis yeah. Alberto Lopez who fought his last fight on the Zone. His next fight's on ESPN Plus against. Conley. He's been on. He's been a top rank, like like uh, basically a, a, a B side. Right, and then you got Figueroa who fights on PBC. You got Lee Wood who's on Matchroom. Well, I'm, point I'm getting at is that like, a lot of these guys are on all different platforms, which makes it really hard. To come together for a unification, but I think with these guys who are not like super tip top of of their divisions or their their promotions, it's easier to make those fights. Yeah, they, they because see, because they tend to get together better. For yeah, because the promoter wants a belt, right? Every promoter wants the belt on their side, and once they yeah. have their belt, they can keep it amongst themselves. But until that point, like right now, like you don't have any breakout stars for any of those promotions. Not even to talk about the division. So I think a lot of times you can make those fights a lot easier. Then when you have a dominant guy who's with one, and then you have the next dominant guy who's on I another, because nobody wants to pass that belt over to another promotion. Now they're kind of open. So well, we have a bunch of divi- too, like, divisions like Lara that. beats Wood again, they're talking about mm-hmm. Warrington. Like, come on, we just, we're just recycling why? fights. Yeah, why? Like, recycling. But again, it's keeping it's keeping it within the promotion. Right, that's, that's why. Yeah. That's what they want to do. Like, I'd love to see Mauricio Lara fight Robesi Ramirez. That's the best matchup. Right, Lara, Lara, yeah, Lara beats, but I think I think it's gonna take some time. I think Lara gets past Wood once again. Yeah, I think the Warrington makes sense because he spit on the guy <laughs> after after his win. Right. So you've got a backstory, and yeah. it's within the promotion. Hopefully so that that's that. that's the obvious uh, defense for yeah. Lara. 
and then you uh uh is gonna have to beat somebody good in that meantime. Well, if um, Conlon beats if Conlon beats Lopez, Lopez, you're gonna see Robesi Ramirez versus Conlon. Yes, absolutely. Top rank. Yes, I think either way. I think whoever wins, whoever wins, um, Conlon, um, Lopez, Lopez gets Robesi Ramirez. That's yeah. probably safe to say. And then we yeah. have to let the the chips play out with Lara and the matchroom side. I like it's funny. The- now that we walked it out, I kind of like the division. I like what's going to, I like where these routes are going to go. Cause they're going to end up here. I think yeah. we're going to see the winners fight. The winners fight the winners, which is what boxing and competition. Would you ever want to see a Lee Wood Conlon rematch? Because Why not? one end of me wants to, and the other end of me is like, I don't think it will ever be as great as the first one. So like, let's Definitely just leave won't. that alone. But no, no, I, I don't think we should leave it alone. I think that would be like, I think that would be like, uh, remember in wrestling when you had the the, the losers bracket? I hate you yeah. saying that. The lose, you'd have the, you know, you, yeah, you lost in the semis. You both lost in the semis. You both go into that other bracket and you're fighting you for fight third. Way back. That's that's how I see that fight. Listen, it's a good fight. They make money. I mean, it it could be a potential for another classic. Either way, there's a storyline. Yeah, good fight. Uh, maybe before Woods up there, he's like 34, 35. Um, which was surprising. I think we 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 yeah. kind of unleashed that on this show, and we were like, "Wow, wow, he's older than we thought." He's been around for a while on that domestic mm-hmm. scene, uh, but damn, he's a, he's a real one, Lee Wood, going from one oh, tough yeah. fight super to tough guy, God. super like, tough guy, and only wants tough fights. Right, but going from that Conlon uh, fight to Lara when he didn't have to fight Lara, and now he's rematching Lara. It's crazy. All yeah. right. That's it for this week. Uh, a lot going on in the boxing world. Next Saturday is a marathon weekend. A lot of big fights. We'll have a show for you. Uh, before that, Bam Rodriguez is in action. Shakur Stevenson is in action. Sebastian Fundora is in action. It's one of those days where every Fandora. platform uh, will be on, um, putting it on fights, getting inching closer and closer to Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis. I'm going to watch the I'll be on the call. Episode. I'll be on the call for before the bell of the uh, Bam Rodriguez fight in San Antonio. No, oh, you're heading out to San Antonio. Heading out to San Antonio this week, next weekend, coming we're up. We're going to figure and, out when uh, we're going to record next week. Uh, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll figure we always, it out. We always do. We we, always we'll, do. We'll, 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 there'll be a show next week. You can guarantee it. All right, folks. Um, that's it. Remember, always protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Stay out of those DMs. Goodbye. <laughs>